welcome to another edition of the Forkstown Podcast. Your one-stop shop for anything and everything surrounding the Seattle Mariners baseball team. My name is Rick Clark, and with me, as always, the guy who should be at the game today. We're shooting on Monday. They're playing the Miami Marlins. He should be there, but he's not. He's here shooting the podcast. Mr. Bo Chisholm. Bo, how are you doing tonight? Uh, Richard Logan Clark, I am uh, I'm doing rather well on this beautiful day here in the Pacific Northwest. Um, I wish I could say the same for the baseball, but I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm not doing too bad. Not doing too bad. Uh, beautiful day here today. Uh, watching hopefully a winning ball game tonight. Uh, bottom of the first. And JP just doubled, so... Off to a good start. Bryce Miller's spin rate's looking good. Um, and, and obviously I want to want to get a couple wins here because uh, the Angels series left a little bit of a bitter taste in my mouth. Yeah, you could definitely uh, definitely put it that way. It was uh, so it was a tough series, tough series. We needed we needed certainly at least two and we only got the one. So um, that's just the way it goes sometimes. So, yeah, yep, yep. And. You know, it's funny because we we're uh, talking last week about how the Mariners all they need is four one four runs to theoretically win the baseball game, and that wasn't the case this weekend because they yeah, scored four or more runs every single game, and it should have been enough to win the ball games, and they didn't. But we're gonna get into that. We're gonna get into that. You know, we got a couple things to discuss before getting into the Angel series. One of which, me thanking everyone for coming back and listening to the Forks Down podcast. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. You've probably been with us, hopefully since the beginning. If not, you picked up somewhere along the way and, and found Bo and I to have witty banter. So thank you for coming back. And for all our first-time listeners, hey, thank you for choosing us. And hopefully we're your new home for Mariners baseball talk. Um, you know, we're, we're having fun doing it. Um, you know, it gives Bo and I a chance to talk about the team we love and uh, hopefully it gives you guys something to listen to on your way to work or your work day or just in your off time if you like, you know, seeing what's going on with the Mariners. So if you haven't already, go hit like and subscribe on our f- social media pages. You can find us on Facebook, on Instagram, by searching Forks Down Podcast. The inboxes on those are always open. If you want to ask us questions, go ahead. Um, we are We are there. We'll answer you or we'll answer it on air when we shoot and then if you haven't already also go hit like and subscribe on your podcast listening app um you'll get notified about new episodes dropping um and honestly um you know if you you help us out a little bit by clicking us having five stars you know it'll help drive us up the charts a little bit um just so we can get some more listens more views get some more attention to the forks down podcast but um you know thank you to everyone again for for coming back and listening with us with all that being said Bo let's hop into it we got a couple Mariners notes and uh I I feel like the two Mariners notes we've got today kind of correspond to each other because we saw Penn Murphy come back from the IL um just to go back on the IL after the Angels series um and then the Mariners ended up in a corresponding move um bringing up Ty Attic or Adcock, Ad, Ad, Adic, Adcock, maybe you can pronounce that for me, but um, yeah, what do we expect? And um, are you scared that 
Penn Murphy going on the IL could mean it's bigger damage than what we thought. Um, yeah, probably a little more uh, concerned about uh, Penn Murphy, just uh, given that he just came off the IL for the same injury. So, um, yeah, it looks like a re-aggravation of, <clears throat> of the elbow there and just dealing with some inflammation. Um, so definitely concerned about that. And you always worry the worst when it's the elbow. So um, we'll just see what kind of comes out of that. Um, but yeah, no, Ty Adcock, um, <clears throat> coming up, making the bump, making the jump from, uh, making the jump from Arkansas. I think the funny part is that he was in Everett earlier this year. So he's really made, uh, a big jump from this entire year, really starting out in uh, high a. So, um, <clears throat> the, you know, the Mariners must really like what they see in him. And he's, you know, if you go to his stat lines and everything that he's been doing thus far this year, um, you know, not a whole lot of walks in his game. Um, very consistently striking out people. Um, and I think he's, you know, got a chance. He is 26 years old, kind of making his debut, I think a little bit later than some, but for the most part, um, you know, he's going to be, I think he's probably going to be closer to a flamethrower to expect. He can, he can top 100. Um, I think the fun part about him is he was a, uh, I believe was a teammate of, uh, George Kirby at one time. Um, so that's kind of a fun little tidbit there at Elon. Um, but yeah, I think the Mariners are just hunching or hunting for another kind of high leverage arm out of the bullpen and, um, you know, liked what they saw at Adcock this year and, um, wanted to give him a shot. So it'll be fun to see, um, be fun to see him out of the bullpen and give him some shot to see, um, you know, what we got with him. So it'd be cool to see him. What, what kind of, I don't know if you have this up, Bo, what kind of pitch mixes, uh, Ty Adcock have? Cause I know, you were uh, you were gonna do a prospect corner on him, you know, our our end of the show prospect where Bo talks about prospects, but uh, that kind of got sidetracked because he got called up. So what what kind of pitch mix does he have? Is he, he did you say he's a flamethrower? Uh, yeah, his fastball his fastball is gonna touch a hundred miles per hour, um, and in typical Mariner fashion, he has a pretty hard slider. So it's probably gonna be those two pitches you're gonna see the most, I would assume. Okay. Um, so, you know, very typical Mariner fashion, fastball heavy and, uh, and a slider. So that's what I expect for to see out of him, you know, tonight or sometime in this next series. God, we need, oh boy. Uh, I guess we need, uh, you know, more guys that have sweepers. I think, I think that's the, that's the new thing is the sweepers. So I think we need to have more guys with sweepers. <clears throat> A sweeper. What? What? What could be? What is the difference between a sleeper and a sweeper and a slider? Can you? Can you? Can you pinpoint it to me? Can you like? Can you give me like a good description of what the difference between the two of them is? Like, you know, our, I know it's. I know it's the hot new thing. I know it's the hot new thing. But like, what's the difference between the two? You know, I tried to describe it to Cody. I think um, our our good friend Cody Etzman, who uh, you know covered for you when you were gone. Um, we were talking about it the other day and I told him it's, it's gotta be like a, a, a curve in a slider, you know, mix. And he goes, so why aren't we just calling it a slurve? So honestly, I don't know. I don't know. I just know it's the big pitching fad. So I think we just need to have more pitchers with, with the sweeper. So <laughs> there's, there's no basis behind it. I guess I, just, I always thought it was called a sweeping slider, sweeping slider. That's what I always thought it was, it was a, sle- a sweeping slider. Yes. Like that's kind of always what I thought so, it was. So, but, so there's you know a, I mean, you know, if you want to call it the sweeper, just go for it. It's fine. So there's a sweeping curve and a sweeping slider or are those the same thing? 
I don't know. Maybe we should. Maybe we should do more. Maybe we should do more research it, next time. But I, 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 it's a slider. It, that's what I think of the sweeper as. So you know, if we got any fans out there that wants to correct us, go ahead, send it to our inbox. You know, maybe you can educate us a little bit. You know, I was never a pitcher when I played baseball. I played third base, first base, depending on the year. And Bo, he was a pitcher, but he just he kept it simple: fastball, curveball. That's about what he had for his repertoire. So, you know, if we got fans out there that want to help us, please help us. So <laughs> anyways, Bo, you know, I had some fun there and I wanted to have some fun because we're going to get into the Mariners versus Angels series. And honestly, Bo, I, I don't think like the Mariners had a bad series. Pitching wise, lot to be desired, especially with Logan Gilbert. But um Friday's game was a fun game to watch. Castillo and Otani went at it. And Saturday's game, Mariners picked up a win. So, um, you know, all in all, I don't think it was a terrible series from the Mariners. Um, I wouldn't call it a terrible series, probably by any means. Um, you know, the offense showed some signs there. I think where I might challenge that a little bit is um, I kind of th- I, I kind of thought that there were just some I thought some lazier errors in this series. Sure. There were just some, I want to say some miscues on some putouts and some other kind of base running lapses. And there were a couple of things there that I thought were just not great baseball. So like we did, you know, we ended up hitting the back pretty well in the series, you know, given for what the Mariners typically do. But um, I still thought that came with just a couple kind of blunders here and there. So I'll say it was kind of a mixed bag for a mixed bag series for myself anyways, you know? Yeah. Starting with Friday's game, we got a, a pitching matchup of the Angels ace Shohei Otani versus the Mariners ace Luis Castillo. And uh, the Angels were able to pick up the 5-4 victory. Castillo, Castillo took the loss, but Shohei got a no decision. Um, Luis Castillo, again, didn't pitch bad. You know, you, you mentioned there was a couple miscues. Um Six innings pitch, six hits, five runs, but only three of them were earned. One base on balls. Did have 10 Ks, but uh, gave up a home run. Um, Not his best performance, Bo, but he did. You know, I feel like we're saying this enough. He did just enough to keep the Mariners in the ball game. Uh, Doing, yeah, I think plenty to keep the Mariners in the ball game. And, you know, it's one of those games. Um you know, it's unfortunate that JP makes the air, right? And then our minds go immediately to the Shohei Otani home run right after that, right? Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, you can just see how that game would go just a little bit differently if if JP doesn't make that air. So um yeah, it was a tough it was a tough game for her. I think, you know, Luis losing like that. Um <clears throat> the Luis I think had a good game plan going into this. Um the Angels aren't as good of a fastball hitting team, and Luis was very fastball heavy in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think more so than his other starts in the year. So, um, and he was generating a lot of swings and a lot of whiffs off that. So, um, you know, kept rolling with it. I just, uh, yeah, I think it's a common theme: wish for a better outcome. And you know, you make fun of me for the four runs, and as I should get made fun of, but uh, yeah, no four runs should be able to win you a ball game, and um, especially if you're the Mariners and. This was just uh, an unfortunate time for um, us to do that, but not have the pitching. That... To be fair, to be fair, uh, the Mariners didn't score that fourth run until 
the end of the game. Um, I think it came on a Mike Ford home run, which was his first home run of the season. Good to see him stepping up and 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 hitting a home run and try to get the Mariners back into the game. Um, but yeah, no, four runs quite possibly kept us in the game and could have could have won this game. Um, offensively, Jared Kelnick had his eleventh home run, uh, two run bomb, uh, 29th RBI of the season. But he did also ground into a double play. Um, overall went one through for three on the day. Uh, Ty France, two for five, one RBI and Mike Ford had the only other hit, which was a home run. Mariners only K'd seven times, but, um, you know, four hits is, it's kind of rough against a, uh, Angels team that was able to chase Shoei pretty quickly. Um, there was a lot of good at bats. JP made, you know, he went over four. But he made it really tough on Shoei. Um, really, really made Shoei throw a lot of pitches, um, which was which was good to see. You know, if if you're gonna be over four, at least make him throw a lot of pitches. And uh, yeah, um, runners in scoring position one for seven, uh, left on base eight. Caballero had a seventh stolen base, um, but yep, Mariners weren't able to pull it out and. Um, I don't know if you notice this, Bo. Um, you know, Estevez, Carlos Estevez got the save for the Angels. It was a 17th save. But um, it from the way the Mariners announcers made it sound like, and I don't know how you were watching the game or whatever, um, that was Estevez's rough, like closest outing of the season. You know, he's been pretty uncontested for most of the season, but the Mariners really put the heat on him at the end of the game to uh, – to try to come back and win that ball game. Uh, yeah, no, I don't know if I picked up on quite on that. Right. But, um, you know, I think it's good to see at least the Mariners getting to a couple of these pitchers. Right. I think they're just going to have to, they're going to have to continue on that. If they want to try to, I think, get out of this hole that they've dug themselves a little bit into. So um, definitely a good note. Cause I know Estevez has been good um for you know for most of the season thus far so um good little note to kind of end on there i happy know anyways um on the offensive side despite the despite the overall outcome yeah saturday's game mariners came out ended up getting a 6-2 victory gabe spire got the win he's two and one but um brian Wu started the game went 4.2 innings four hits two runs two earned runs um seven k's did give up a home run had one base on balls but um, Brian Wu looked pretty good on Saturday, a lot better than kind of getting hung out to dry in Texas. Yeah, definitely looked a lot better. Um, and, uh, I think what, um, stuck out to me was he was still able to get, I think seven strikeouts in this game. Um, and one walk, I think there were a couple spots where there was a couple balls that went up and in that, um, he looked a little wild on, but, um, I don't know how you felt, but the the home the home run that he did did give up to Otani, like I didn't think that was actually that bad of a pitch, right? Like low and inside, and I thought I thought Otani just kind of turned on it and hit a really really you know did a really good job against that pitch. So I didn't really blame Wu too much for that, right? I thought that it was a good spot. It's just uh, Otani's uh, Otani's a good hitter, so. Um, yeah, he was still fastball heavy in this game, but, uh, you know, looked better. Um, the breaking and the off speed stuff was better. So I think there's still better days for Brian Wu. I don't know how many days, I don't know how many innings he's, he's going to go past. I don't know if the fifth inning is, 
if he's going to go past the fifth inning too much, right? Give it just given his kind of workload and his inning load. But um, this is a pretty encouraging performance, um, I think, certainly from him. And then Gabe Spire coming in and getting the, uh, you can call it questionable strike three call on, uh, on Shohei Otani. <laughs> but that was, uh, that was a massive moment in this game. But it was. And, uh, and uh, it made Shohei mad. It made Phil Nevin mad. Phil Nevin got ejected, which is not shocking. Um, <laughs> you know, Phil yeah. Nevin has a very, yeah. very bad temper. And honestly, uh, I don't think he should be the manager of the Angels, but that's a that's a topic for another day. Um, but strikeout nonetheless, Gabe Spire only went a third, but ended up picking up the win. Um, very good bullpen in this game, too. Topa came in. Um, they, the bullpen shut this game down after we left. Topa came in, got his 11th hold, went an inning and two thirds, had given up one hit and one base on balls, but was just enough to keep the Mariners from giving up a run there. And then I, I don't know about you, Bo, but I think Munoz, he came in, um, it would have been the seventh inning and threw two pitches and got, um, got, I think it was, uh, was it Drury? It was whoever was hitting at the top of the lineup to ground out, but his eighth inning was probably the best inning pitch in a Mariners uniform so far this year. I, 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 I can't think of any other moments where someone has come in and struck out two of the best, two of the best players in the league in one inning. Yeah, no, that's, uh, yeah, it just shows how much, how much we missed him and how good he is when he's on. And, uh, yeah, he's the big out guy, right? Like, especially in that moment when we had the two guys that you were up there, he was the guy that you needed to call upon to do that. And, um, I think for Shohei, it was a pretty like slider heavy diet against Shohei. Um, and it just, uh, the two pitches that he's able to command are just, uh, very, uh, I would say overpowering right when they're on. And the fact that, you know, I think the two at bats, one against Shohei was very slider heavy. I think mostly sliders. Right. And then, um, against trout it was all fastball heavy it's just uh he's just dominant he's just utterly dominant and um <clears throat> you know maybe if uh he was here the whole season i think we could be talking about an all-star nomination for him just given how good he is but mm-hmm. um i think regardless you know it's good to have him back it's good to have him in the the kind of the big out role right now and um no just uh super excited to have him back and in this game in particular and i think in other games we've seen him this far it's just he is a He's the guy we need in that bullpen, I think, to kind of hold it down, lock it down, I think, for us as we as we hope to kind of dig ourselves out of this kind of going. Yeah, I, I think you're spot on on that. I think, you know, it's a, it's a very small sample size, but we're talking the way Munoz has looked since he's come back. And even before he went on the IL in those one or two games he pitched, he's dominant. He probably would be competing for an all-star nomination if he's had gone the whole first half. Now, that's not the case. Um, and I, I don't think there's going to be quite uh, quite enough time for him to earn that nomination, judging that the All-Star game is only in a couple weeks. Actually, about a month away now, I think. But, um, you know, it's just very encouraging to see Munoz come back and and look every bit the part of the pitcher we thought he'd be. And then, uh, you know, to close up the pitching side, Seawald came in. Uh, wasn't a save opportunity and did give up a hit, but went one inning, had two Ks, closed out the ball game for the Mariners and uh you know wrapped up the 62 victory on Saturday offensively 
I think the Mariners looked really good, and I don't think the score quite reflects how good the Mariners' offense was on Saturday. Um, everyone but Dylan Moore got a hit. Uh, Mariners had J.P. Crawford, Julio, and Gino all have three-plus hits. Pollock had two hits. Um, there was three doubles, so four extra base hits because there's three doubles, one home run, five different players had RBIs. Went five for nine with runners in scoring position. Did leave 10 on base, but um, a very, very good, um, pro, like, consistent out, or not consistent, but um, efficient, I guess the way it would be, um, efficient offensive output for the Mariners on Saturday. Yeah, definitely. And I think um, for me, it was the fact that uh, we were going up against Patrick Sandoval, who's a very breaking ball heavy pitcher. Mm-hmm. And if there's one thing you could say about all the guys that are striking out a whole lot this season is that their breaking ball averages against them has been a little tough. Um, and it was just very cool to see and very positive, I think, for us to have the performance like we did against Patrick Sandoval. And, um, you know, I think Julio had a big home run in this game. Um, you know, you mentioned all the guys that had RBIs. So there was a lot of positive signs, I think, in this game um, <clears throat> of what the offense could still do, right, when it's on. And, um, <clears throat> again, very positive performance against a very breaking ball heavy pitcher. Um, <clears throat> and... Yeah, I think that's, I think on the offensive side, I think it was a Eugenio, I think had three hits in this game. So that was a, that was a very positive sign. I think that get him, that get that out of him as well. I don't think anyone for extra bases, but another guy that I think we can get going as we, as we go along here. So very positive all around on the Saturday game. Yeah. And we're, we're starting to see guys pick it up. Um, You know, by the end of the weekend, Ty France is hitting over 280. You know, he had a slump at the start of the season, especially during that Toronto series. He's coming back and looking every bit an all-star first baseman. I think he's sitting, I think he's sitting in fifth right now. Um, But uh, also Teoscar's looking a lot better at the plate, Um, drawing some walks, a little bit more walks. He's still striking out a little bit, but not at the clip that we saw. You know, he's not going, you know, especially in the Angel series, he didn't go like 0 for 4 with four strikeouts. You know, Saturday's game, he went 1 for 5 had a couple strikeouts the next game. He went three for four and only had one strikeout. So we're seeing better at bats from Tio. Um, obviously the big ones, Julio's coming back around. He's, he's so close to getting over the two fifty mark. And I, I, I think, you know, within another week, he should be hitting over two fifty. So Julio's turning around. Jay Prees is being really good at the top of the lineup, setting the table for players. So, you know, we need Kalnick to kind of turn it around a little bit. He's kind of slumping. And then, like you said, Gino being three for four. Hopefully that's a sign of things to come where Gino, uh, you know, kind of turns it around and, and hits, you know, over over 230. I would like to, for him to hit over 230 and have a couple more bombs. But I'll uh, I'll take the bombs. I'll, I will, you know, I'll sacrifice batting average if it means we get more bombs. So yes. I'll uh, I'll hope for that for Eugenio. How does that sound? I, I like that. I like that. Um, moving on to Sunday's game. Sunday's game. Um, I kind of felt at one point it was kind of a wash, especially after Pin, after Penn Murphy got hurt. 
Um, Mariners ended up losing the game four to nine, so that means the Angels took the series two to one. Um, Griffin Canning was the winning pitcher for the Angels. He's five and two now. Gilbert four for four and four was the losing pitcher, and uh, Gilbert didn't have a great start. Went three innings, eight hits, um, gave up seven runs, but only six were earned. Had a season low, I'm pretty sure, two Ks and gave up uh, two home runs in the game in three innings. Uh, yeah, I'm, and I wonder if, uh, I, yeah, I guess I'll, I'll ask you this. Do you think there's a, there's a chance that like Gilbert and Kirby themselves should maybe, I almost want to say, walk more? Like in this game in particular, I'm just thinking that, you know, uh, Logan Gilbert, I think himself said, you know, gave up just too many pitches middle middle. If you go to kind of Savant or wherever else, it'll be exactly that, right? That just they gave up too many pitches just right down the middle, too many meatballs. And if I the last I checked, I think I went to going by like walks per nine. Um, you know, the top two, I guess the top three walks per nine and qualified pitchers. You know, George Kirby and Logan Gilbert are both in that top five right now, right? So like. They're not giving up a whole lot of walks. Their command is elite right now. Like, do you think they they should try to get guys to chase a little bit more? Do you think they should try to put pitches out of the zone? Because it seems like, I think in Kirby's last start and Gilbert's this one, right? It just seems like they're just leaving too many things right over the plate. So do you think they should walk more? What do you think about that? I, I, I do want to see him get people to chase more. I think that's kind of the MO of a lot of teams when they come in and they're facing Kirby and Gilbert is – they know that they're going to throw pitches over the plate. So you just need to wait for, you know, a fastball sitting over the plate and you're going to hit it, you know, and it, it's happened a couple times with Kirby, um, you know, going back to, let's see, his last start, 11 hits, you know, this start for, for Logan, eight hits. So, I mean, they're obviously keying on something. So that maybe that's the switch that, you know, not only – you know, Gilbert and Kirby need to make, but Pete Woodward should be telling him like, you know, get people to chase, you know, throw it. If you've got the command, you can put it wherever you want, you know, let that slider dip out a little bit and, and yeah. try to catch the outside of the plate or, you know, throw a curveball and, and let it fall out of the bottom of the zone. Or, you know, you're just throwing too many pitchers over the plate. It's not, it's not a bad thing in my mind that the Mariners have two of the top three pitchers in or uh, walks per nine, but um, you know, they got to do something because it's just not leading to results right now. Yeah. Not leading to results. And um, yeah, I, I guess I am, I'm a sucker for, for command. Like I really do like good command when it's on. Right. Um, I just do think there's a, I do think there's an art of trying to get guys to chase and being okay, giving up a walk here and there. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. I would imagine that the next time around George Kirby and Logan Gilbert are going to look a little different in their starts. And I, uh, I know the Mariners have had a rough go of things um, in June thus far with the starting rotation and just pitching overall. But um I think I think I've said this before, and I I think you probably feel the same that you know the the pitching rotation, the pitching you know bullpen, and everything else that we saw in April and May, I think is more representative of what we've seen you know in June so far. So I think they're going to get back under control. I think it just might take us a game or two or a couple to get there. So um, we'll see if that plays out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, to finish up Sunday's game, uh, Brash, Saucedo, and Murphy all went in inning plus. Um, didn't give up any runs. Like we said, Murphy came out in the, I think it was the eighth inning. He got hurt and um, is on the IL now. I'm hoping, you know, from what we saw, it, it, they said elbow inflammation, but I'm hoping this doesn't mean, um, you know, he might have to lead to TJ surgery, Tommy John. You know, like we're hearing a lot of TJs happening. And then Flexen coming in in garbage time, not getting it done. Uh, four hits, two runs, two earned runs. Um, inflated his ERA to 738. When, when's the day that we pull the trigger on, on Flexen getting DFA'd? What, what, what do we have to do to see him get DFA'd? I don't know, man. Your, your guess is as good as mine. Like, we need a uh, we need uh, we need the ins and outs of that flexing contract, but um, yeah, I just I just don't know. I the, I I wonder if it's sometime soon ish in terms of like maybe by the end of the month or maybe an off day upcoming because it's just I think I think it's probably when most Mariner fans turn off the game, right? It's like Chris Flexen's coming in, might as well throw up the white flag. Like, mm-hmm. you know, all respect to Chris Flexen, but that's kind of what it's been, right? Like, um, it's just been, uh, we call it garbage time and it continues to be that. And um, I don't know. I just, I wonder how you feel as a player, right? When that guy goes into the game at this point, just because it just, uh, yeah, it just it seems like it's just a game that's gotten too far out of reach that you're not going to win anymore. And, you know, we're going to throw this guy in there to give us extra innings so we can save the bullpen. And uh, I just don't know. I don't know how you would feel as a player, right, as when you see, you know, that kind of going on. But um, and it just sucks for Chris Flexen because I think that before the season, we really thought that, you know, he was going to be a good backup to Marco if Marco had some struggles. And, um, you know, I think it's obvious from – the f- thus far that Chris Flexen just doesn't have it anymore. And it's just, uh, it's similar to Colton Wong, right? It just seems like both those guys just may not, may not have it anymore. So I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine is when they're going to make a move on Chris Flexen. Um, well, you've thought it might be soon, the last, soon the last couple times we talked, but it hasn't really been that thus far. Um, hasn't ha- really gone through. So, um, I don't know. I'll say, I'll say probably by, I don't know what's next week, the 20, uh, the 19, somewhere in there. I'll say by July, he's probably no longer with the team. I think that's what I'll, I think that's where I'll, where I'll land on right now and just see if I'm, see if I'm right or wrong there. But, um, I don't know. I, and I don't know, really know where the backup for Chris Flexen is going to be yet. I don't know if you have any thoughts to that or who they might call up for it, but, um, I think it's, I think it's time to cut bait. I think it's just time to move on from a couple of these guys. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think so. And that would be a, a question better suited for you just because you know the the um minor league system a little bit better than I do um but yeah I don't know I don't know I I I feel bad for the guy um you know it's got to be it's got to be kind of on his mind you know I'm only going to get brought in with with it being quote unquote garbage time you know so that's got to kind of wear on him you know but we just He's proved this season he can't be put into big situations or really any situation at all. You know, he's even given up runs in garbage time. So it'd be a good chance for him to show that in garbage time that he could still pitch, but he hasn't been doing that. So 
you know, all the best to flex in whatever happens, but um, you know, we, there's gotta be something that needs to be done. The Mariners gotta have a better pitcher in the system um, that, that could produce at a better clip than flexing has been Um, going offensively in the game. um, Not a great game offensively, but, but still they were able to get four runs. Um, JP Crawford, one for four. Uh, Teo had a good game, three for four, one run, two RBIs, had a home run. Mike Ford ended up hitting his second home run of the series. Um, it was They were both solo home runs, and he's still batting under 200, but um, it seems like when he's he's finding the ball a little bit better and, and you know, hitting the ball a little bit better. Um, let's see. I don't think he strike out a bunch. He struck out twice in Friday's game, but didn't strike out in Sunday's game. So Mike Ford's looking a little bit better. Caballero, uh, one for four. Um, I have a, I have a, I have a, a question for you, Bo. Um, just because it, it just happened in the game that I saw uh, that we're watching right now as we're shooting. Um, but who do you think ends the season uh, with the most hit by pitches? Because um, we always thought Ty France was kind of a baseball magnet. And he got hit by Shoei in Friday's game. And, uh, you know, he's had some some scary calls. But I feel like Jose Caballero is is kind of trying to take his thunder when it comes to hit by pitches. Caballero just got hit again um, in this Monday game against the Marlins. And he is, I think that was his eighth hit by pitch. And I, I think Ty France has at least 10 hit by pitches so far this season. Yeah, Caballero's making his making his way up there, and I think Caballero's played in obviously less games than Ty France, so his hit by pitch per game is probably is probably higher than uh, Ty France. Um, but uh, there's probably an element of Jose Caballero that, uh, well, I don't know. I I think Caballero gets kind of trash talked a little bit more because he likes to pull the the quote unquote mind games right when he's at bat and tries to get into the box when there's like nine seconds left and then looks up at the last second. So maybe there's some element of the pitchers, um, uh, getting a little annoyed by Caballero and that kind of comes off that way. I don't know, pure speculation, but, um, I don't know what his hit by pitch numbers are like in triple a, but, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be curious if, you know, if Caballero continues at this pace, if he continues to be a everyday second baseman, very good chance. He ends up with the most hit by pitches. So something to track, something to track for the 2023 <laughs> season. That, yep. That's like our, our ground into double play tracker. I forgot to say, uh, what was it? Was it Sunday? It was Sunday. Julio grounded into two double plays, you know, not just one, but two. So maybe we need to start having a hit by pitch tracker on the show as well. Um, you know, to keep, keep track of how many times mm-hmm. Ty and Ty and Caballero getting hit. So Ty already leads the team in grounded into double plays. I mean, I don't think he needs to have hit by pitches on his resume as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, not not the best series, but um, you know there were some promising things. I know you mentioned here, Bo, in the notes. Um, you know the the question is: is optimism for this team waning? You know, I, I want to get your take on that because do do you feel like optimism's kind of going out the door with how late we're getting into the season and not being able to get over five hundred? Um, I I do. I think we're I think we're at a point 
now where um you know we very much know who this team is i think it's a it's a good pitching team despite the last couple of weeks with just a, a struggling offense that uh you know has a hard time with breaking balls a pretty good fastball hitting team for the most part um and that yeah i think the i think the challenge for the op- the, the the thing that makes me more pessimistic is um we're seeing the effects of some of the balanced schedule in baseball and um you know we all can kind of hope on what i would say is the you know the 13 game winning streak could happen or to come up and you know there's still a chance that it all happens right there's still a chance that it all comes together um but you know i think after these series upcoming right we go back to back with the yankees and the orioles and then not long after that we go up against the rays um so i would say that you know i think it's it's good to have optimism in terms of like, we can always turn it around. We did it last year, but uh, I think the scheduling part of um, baseball this year, I think has had an effect on the Mariners and it just, uh, I think it makes it more difficult to have super big optimistic thoughts about this team right now. And um, I think it's unfortunate, right? Cause I just, uh, I think there's still obviously a chance, but um, <clears throat> yeah, I think we're, we really needed two out of three in this series. We really needed two out of three and we got to continue to, hopefully get two out of three against the the Marlins and the White Sox. But um, I would say my optimism is, is waning um, somewhat in terms of just the outlook for the team and the, and the playoff hunt. I think we're still a good baseball team, um, but I think certainly in the playoff hunt, my optimism is waning. So you're the, you're the more, uh, you're the less pessimistic of us, maybe put it that way. So I guess I kind of want your perspective. What's your, what's your overall feeling level right now after you come out of this series? Um, I'm kind of getting the same way you're feeling. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's not long before we're going to say, well, this season's a lost cause. There's no way, you know, there's still a lot of baseball to play, but, um, you know, we're seeing, we're seeing a lot of people turn it around and, and a lot of do good, but then there's other things like, you know, our pitching being, you know, really bad in June, worst ERA in baseball in the month of June you know, highest home runs per nine in the month of June, you know, we're still getting a lot of K's, a lot of, a lot of good walk rates, but um, it just, we're not seeing good pitching right now. And it, you know, couple that with a very inconsistent offense. And, you know, there, there is a reason to be a pessimistic about this team. You know, um, there's still a lot of season left, you know, a 13, like last year, a 13 game winning streak brought us back, you know, and it, you know, it's certainly we've I've mentioned this in podcasts before. We've seen teams go under 500 into the All Star break and still make the playoffs. We've seen teams like that still make the playoffs and win the World Series. So it's not out of the question, but you know, it just as the months go on, it becomes more difficult to kind of get behind that idea. You know, and and I think we're having bad luck with injuries too which is something we didn't see a lot of last year, you know, Robbie Ray being out TJ. We, you know, we said at the start of the season, like the Mariners have very good luck with the pitching staff and the health of them. And we've seen a lot of our pitchers go down this season, you know, so maybe that's got a little bit of effect, you know, the new guys, Teo's trying to turn it around and looking good, but you know, there's growing pains with the new guys, you know, just like there was last season. Um, 
but I also kind of see a lot of a lot of things that are happening this season that happened last season. You know, Colton Wong's just the new Jesse Winker. You know, um, France, you know, is having a good first half of the season. Let's hope he can keep it up in the second half. You know, um, you know, there's just there's stuff that's being eerily similar to last season. But to answer your question, but yes, I am getting a little bit, you know, a little bit pessimistic. My optimism is a little bit waning just because, um, you know, every every game means there's one less game to come back. Yeah, and one less game to come back and the other games you're going to face. And I think there's some other forces, most notably the Rangers and uh, the balanced schedule and other things that I just don't think I don't think the Mariners took in full consideration this year and. You know, we were going to get the team. I think we ended up kind of getting anyways, but um, yeah, I would still say, uh, yeah, I think it's, I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of that feeling right now of the Mariners fan base. So again, hope we'll, hope we'll get out of it. Hope this Marlin series uh, is a, is a kick in the butt and we can kind of pick it up from here. Um, but you know, certainly, certainly different from where it was uh, maybe even a month ago. Yep. 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 Well, Bo, you know, with, with all that pessimism pessimism that we were just throwing out, um, you know, we got to look optimistically at this series coming up against the Marlins. Um, night one, which we're watching right now, Bryce Miller versus Jesus Lazardo. Um, Cody and Bo and I all call him Jesus Lizard. You know, I think that's a great nickname for him. Um, and the Mariners are doing very well. Um, winning six nothing at this point, so um, hopefully you know we uh, when we shoot the podcast next, we're talking about a win here. Certainly leading that way. Um, Tuesday's game sees George Kirby versus Edward Cabrera, and Wednesday's great game La Pedra, Luis Castillo faces Yuri Perez. Um, three very good matchups. Obviously, the one on Monday is not going quite well for Jesus Lazardo. But um, Kirby and Cabrera and Castillo and Perez should be some pretty good matchups and pretty favorable matchups for the Mariners going into those two games. Yeah, I think I think for the most part, yeah, very favorable matchups. Um, I think they've kind of, you know, I would say that the the Marlins, this is a good test for them, for them, for the Mariners, because the Marlins do have a pretty good pitching staff. So pretty good test, but I think for, I think relatively favorable. So It'll be a good test to see, you know, can this offense kind of sustain some of the gains we thought we might have saw over the weekend and over the last you know week or so. So it'd be a good test for that um, and uh, kind of just, you know, see what we got this week anyways. Yep. 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 All right, Bo, my favorite part of the show is up um, prospect corner. And like we said at the start, you were going to do Ty Adcock, but he got called up and we talked about him earlier. So you had to kind of scramble and get a new prospect set up for today. I did. And today I picked, uh, Michael Morales. He was a, uh, he's a third round pick in 2021. Um, I think the note about him is that they did draft him straight out of high school. Um, and I think, you know, kind of the scouting report for him coming out of high school was a, kind of prototypical high school pitching prospect with like, uh, 
a, you know, a nineties, kind of a lower nineties fastball, but he has, you know, a relatively good feel for his curveball and some of his other stuff has changed up, et cetera there, but very much still working on that as he goes along. Um, he is still only 20 years old right now. He, uh, had some decent numbers in, um, a ball and Modesto last year. And he went back to Modesto this year. I think they, you know, he did give up about one home run per nine last year. So I think that was something they probably want him to work on. He's kind of got that, gotten that under control this year, kind of repeating Modesto, um, only give up about a third of a home run every nine innings. Um, you know, to go along with the 9.3 K per nine and a three walks per nine. So I uh, took out uh, with a 317 ERA to boot. So um, <clears throat> Michael Morales, just another pitching prospect that uh, is kind of making strides, I think, in the Mariners system, um, you know, might be another one you probably see in Everett. Um, again, maybe he's going to turn 21 probably later in the summer. So very well could be an Everett by the end of the year um, <clears throat> with a chance to probably get into Arkansas maybe next summer if he continues on this trajectory. Um, so just another pitching prospect um, that uh, to kind of keep in mind, I think especially as the Mariners have gone with pitching prospects, this is probably another one that you should probably um, definitely look out for, I think, going forward. Did, did you say he's in Modesto then? If he's not in Everett right now, is he in Modesto? He is in Modesto. He repeated Modesto for from last year, so still in Modesto right now. Okay, yep. okay. I really need to get a Modesto nuts hat. You know, I've got family in Modesto and them being the Mariners, uh, uh, farm system. I, I really need to get a Modesto nuts hat. Um, I will say, I, I don't know about you, Bo. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Right. I, I, I think the angels for as much as we don't like them have one of the coolest named triple a teams. You know, which one I'm talking about? Um, not off the top of my head. Are you talking about the trap? No, who are you talking about? I'm talking about the Rocket City Trash Pandas. Oh, you were talking about the Trash Pandas. I should have. Okay, I, uh, I, I for think some reason, I for some reason, I was I was thinking another. I was I was going another way. So there you go. I Anyways. I really I really like that that name for a minor league team. It's it's a lot better than the Modesto Nuts right now. Although the Nuts are a pretty good. Pretty good uh, <laughs> mascot name. And I will rep their hat when I buy one. I think when we go to the All-Star game, I might pick up a, a couple more minor league hats. I need to get a uh, an Everett one and a, a Modesto one. So, I think you need to get a Travs one too, right? I think you've, oh, you've been talking it, about that one for a while. Yeah. So well, I, I thought that's another one you probably need to go. I yeah. thought I bought a Travs one, but turns out it's just the retro Tacoma logo i'm like this stands for travelers right and then i was yeah, like it looks wait, a little the same wait yeah. time out this yeah, isn't the travelers yeah. plus the travelers i think have a red color scheme i think their hats are more red so yep uh, yeah but anyways that's been our show for the day like i said we're gonna come back on friday and hopefully talk about a mariners win for monday as well as hopefully a mariners win on tuesday wednesday bo do you have anything else before we get out of here that you want to do uh mention uh, nothing for me. Nope. All done. Cool. 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 Well, you know, let's get out of here for all our listeners in the Puget Sound Pacific Northwest and beyond. Thank you for taking time to listen to another edition of the Forkstown podcast for Bo Chisholm. I'm Rick Clark, and we'll see you guys on Friday. <laughs>